where the sport's going, it's going in the right direction. And for too many people that are saying, oh, well, you know, money's gonna kill it. No, it's just giving us more and more recognition. It's giving us more of a leg to stand on and it's getting us a lot more respect all over the country and all over the world. future of pickleball. We're going to have a lot of fun today. You know, one of the things that we do on this podcast is we reach out to the movers and shakers in the sport, the people that are really making it move. Today, I've got Dominic Catalano with me. Dominic has been a, a pickleball player, high-level performance player, seven times U.S. Open uh, finalist. He's been at the beginning of it. Comes from a long, very long, extensive background in the game of pickleball. He is now in the broadcast booth with the APP and with Major League Pickleball. He's broadcast on CBS Sports. I'd like to welcome Dominic Catalano. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Paul. I'm excited. Good, good. Well, you know, one of the things that we're having great fun with the concept of really looking at the future of pickleball, the world now knows that pickleball's on fire. It's exciting. It's hot. But if we're going to begin to approach the 40 million players in 2030 that's being discussed, yes. a lot's got to happen. Yes. It's guys like you that we're looking to. Um, guide me a little bit as to what your background was and how you came to being as involved in pickleball. So long story short, I was a high school physical education teacher in Chicago, and I taught pickleball in my curriculum, and this is in the early 2000s. And that was the extent of my pickleball was a three-week kind of a section in my curriculum. And so going from that, and then I eventually moved to Southwest Florida um, in Naples, where the US Open was. Um, but I moved there in 2013, three years before the US Open even existed. And so I was really on the ground floor of big high level tournament action down there in Naples, Florida. And then eventually, you know, kind of worked with as a athletic director for Parks and Recreation in Collier County and then started pickleball at one of my parks and then eventually started teaching pickleball full-time in 2014. So I've been full-time in pickleball for eight years now. Very nice, very nice. Now, with, with what you've done in, in pickleball, uh, mm -hmm. in the broadcasting space, how did you segue into broadcasting? It was kind of funny. I was at the Beer City Open uh, four years ago, or three years ago. That's and, in Michigan, right? Yes, in Michigan. And Eddie and Webby, who pickleball players know they used to do, they do a podcast. They started doing some live streaming at Beer City Open. Before either of the tours existed, before anything like that existed, they started doing some live streaming. And I was there, I played, I got done with my day, and I know Eddie and Webby really well, and they're like, hey, do you want to come into the booth and do some commentary. I'm like, sure. yeah, great, that's fine. And so I did commentary with them for the last two days of the tournament, and I really loved it. And I had a, a really good time with it. I'm a teacher, a coach in general, so I have no problem talking, so that wasn't an issue. Um, but then I also liked the intricacies of the game and letting the people at, know, the people at home know what's going on. And so it kind of fell into that, and then from there I met Ken Herman, uh, the CEO of the APP Tour, and he's like, I got a seat avail available for you um, for our, our live streams and for all of our TV stuff. And I fell into it that way, and then 
Went from there to Justin Maloof with USA Pickleball to Steve Kuhn at MLP. And so it's just kind of snowballed for me. And I'm really looking in 2023 to be commentating full time. Well, it's been, it really is fun hearing you and seeing you mostly we hear you we don't see <laughs> yeah, you exactly. a lot i have a, i have a face for you know, i have a face for it put me behind the camera but it is but your your analysis and your grasp of what elite level players is doing and the nuance and subtlety uh, i mean to me that's what commentating is about is mm -hmm. all the rest of it is is fun you got a great baritone when you decide to, to, <laughs> to crank them up so that's fun but it is it is really cool to see that way now you're also the general manager of a new facility, the Pickleball Club, that's getting ready to open. Is that correct? So they're opening up some pickleball clubs in southwest Florida um, that are going to be indoor-specific pickleball clubs, full-on amenities, almost like a country club for pickleball. And what it is, we'll have a full bar with coffee, wine, beer, juice, smoothies, some food. We'll have a full-stock pro shop, men's and women's locker rooms with showers, we have some outdoor courts, couple outdoor courts, but they're covered, so out of the elements. And then we actually do have some bocce courts. We have some ping pong tables oh, on our 1,200 cool. square foot mezzanine. So there's a lot of exciting stuff with the pickleball club going on as well. And so now, um, I met Brian McCarthy about two years ago yeah. when, when this was being developed. And at that time, he was thinking there might be space a number of places around Florida that this might go. Is that possible so from one in sarasota and we're already in plans to build four more bonita springs fort myers port st lucie and the villages and then they're in talks with about four or five other properties all throughout the state of florida wow <laughs> it's wow. crazy that's the future of pickleball yes. that is really is really yes. is a really a cool piece um since you were around when you, you, so you got into the game 10 years before I did, mm -hmm. and we and 10 years when I came in, it was this big. Yeah. You must, it must have been like you were playing with the ghosts it, in the it, early it days. Was, it was all wood paddles. There was no Selkirk technology at that time. It was wood paddles. It was gym floors. It was using our badminton nets in our PE class for pickleball nets. We just lowered them down, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. And, again, it was three weeks a year. That was my, you know, the extent of my pickleball. Um, and then, when again, when I moved to Florida in 2013 and East Naples, uh, where the U.S. Open is, they had nine permanent courts at that time. And I'm like, they have nine permanent pickleball courts? And so I drove over there, I saw it, and I was like, wow, I'm like, this is amazing. And then from there, that's when they started to build more and more courts there. And the park was I was at, we built more and more courts. So it just kind of exploded from there. But you're right, it was so small even 10 years ago, and I got into it 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I want to segue into is, is we really, on this show, we talk about the future of pickleball. You've been deeply involved in the growth of the sport from its mm -hmm. earliest years. You've mm -hmm. been involved in the broadcast thing. I know you're very connected with all the pros in the game. Yep. You know the stories. You know what people are thinking. What's your grasp of where you see the sport going in the next two to three years? I think in me being in the broadcast booth, I think the timing of me getting in the broadcast booth was kind of perfect. It was kind of like laid out perfectly because I was just getting out of playing professionally when all these young kids came in because I, I, I have the best seat in the house now in the booth and that's why I'm in there is because all these young kids. But 
my transition from that, I already knew all the pros at that time. And then as I'm in the booth, all these new players coming in, I had a front row seat for their first tournament, their second tournament. So kind of that transition helped me see all this youth coming into the game and then being able to see all the young players, you know, your Anna Lee Waters, your JW Johnson, your Georgia Johnsons, your young up and coming players that are at the top of the game, yet they're teenagers, sure. right? And so it's absolutely crazy. And I, I appreciate, you know, being able to do what I do and being able to get a front row seat for all of them. So now as we go and we're talking about players, what do you see with facilities and, and what are you hearing about beyond what's going on with your, your own operation that mm -hmm. you're involved with? Um, facility development is something that's going to be critical to more and more and more players coming in. Anything else that you're hearing about? You know, it, there's talk everywhere, all over the country, and it's not like it's a, a competition, but it almost is. Because every month you see on social media or in a press release, oh, this is the new largest indoor facility in the country. This is the new largest outdoor facility in the country. And everyone's trying to up their game in every area. And so every area in the country is developing all these new facilities dedicated strictly to pickleball, right? And so, you know, we're at, you know, nationals, the mecca of pickleball, if you if you would call it, when they convert Indian Wells Tennis Garden to you know pickleball for you know the two weeks, it's absolutely incredible. But no, all over the country right now, you're seeing so many of these beautiful, brand new pickleball facilities specific popping up, and it's only going to help our sport. Very cool. Now on the broadcast side again, we've seen in just the last year, maybe even not quite a full year, we've seen a production quality in, in the yeah. sport come up dramatically. Um, have we reached the top? Do you think there's more yet to come? What's your sense of that? There's so much more to come, right? And you know, one of the crews that I get to work with on a regular basis, Boxcar Productions, Cal Salenko and his whole crew, they have really upped the ante for everyone else doing live streaming at tournaments. They're basically the creme de la creme right now of what they do with the line cameras for replays, with all the different angles, with you know every camera you got you know cameras on the court and everything like that. It's absolutely up the game. But now also we're seeing the production. We're getting ESPN in there. We're getting CBS Sports. You know they're coming into the game tennis channel. So. All of them, they've already done this for years. With them getting involved now, it's just upping everything. Every week, you're just seeing something new. Cool. Um, you're a busy guy. <laughs> you got a lot going on. Yeah. How do you juggle all this on a day-to-day -day basis? It's crazy. Um, I, I absolutely love what I do. I, I can't complain about it one bit. Um, if I was having to play like these players do every day, day in and day out, it'd be a lot more of a grind. I'm so blessed, again, to be able to sit in the booth, get a front row seat for all the best matches at pretty much all of the best tournaments, and so I'm very lucky. But juggling it isn't easy. I mean, there's been times I wake up in my hotel, I'm like, okay, hold on, take a second. Okay, I'm in California. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of figuring that out. But, yeah. no, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I absolutely love it. I can do this right now, so I figured if I can do it now, I got to do it. I got to take this opportunity to do this. And my big thing, too, is, you know, we don't start production until 1 o'clock yesterday. I'm on the grounds at 9. You know, I'm walking around. I want to talk to everybody. I want to get the vibe of the, the facility. I want to get the vibe of the players. Sure. I love that, and I love mingling with the people. I'm a talker as it is. And they're like, you're talking all day on the live stream. Why don't you just want to relax? I'm like, because I came here 
to be in this environment. And I Absolutely. love the environment. There's nothing else like it. So as long as you've been involved in all the different aspects of the sport, you've got to have a couple of ideas of what you'd like to see pickleball become. What do you, what would you like to see the future be? Um, so our viewers can get a little bit of an idea of what might happen. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. Like there's so much going on, right? You know, between APP, PPA, MLP, Vibe, you know, a big announcement came out while we were here this week with MLP and PPA teaming up and Vibe and, and MLP will be absorbed as, as one. I think that's one huge step for pickleball, right? We want to see all the best players at the same venue constantly. We have that at Indian Wells, no doubt about it. But it's we need to kind of find that happy medium. And so the future of the sport, it's just getting bigger and bigger. I think everybody kind of is looking for where's their, where's their lane, right? Well, is there a lane for, you know, like MLP came up with minor league pickleball. I have so many thought processes about that because I come from baseball, minor league baseball, and thinking of, okay, well, we have major league pickleball. Well, those major league pickleball teams should have a minor league team. It should be affiliated a little closer. And so I have a lot of ideas with that too. But I think, you know, where the sport's going, it's going in the right direction. And for too many people that are saying, oh, well, you know, money's going to kill it. No, it's just giving us more and more recognition. It's giving us more of a leg to stand on. And it's getting us a lot more respect all over the country and all over the world. Cool. So, you know, on that order of of the growth of it, we've been talking quite a bit about the pro game because you commentate in the mm -hmm. pro game. Um, but you're also, you, you, you've lived in the mainstream of people coming in, entering, touching the game for the first time. Do you see the continued growth coming in that broad stream of, of regular folks wanting to get in and have fun and have a good time in this game? Absolutely. And when I first started teaching in 2014, um, you know, I would have a beginner clinic once a week. Every Wednesday at 1 o'clock at a beginner clinic. And it was a beginner clinic to teach them the rules of pickleball, the game, and then have them go out and play. And, and this is in Naples, Florida in 2014. Every Wednesday for about a year and a half, that class had 12 to 30 people in it. Those were 12 to 30 new people every week. And I'm like, after about six months, I'm like, where are all you guys coming from? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. I thought I would have taught everyone in the city of Naples by now, but I yeah. didn't. And that kind of growth is great. But what's great about pickleball is that I taught so many people and I have players of mine, you know, that came into pickleball, no athletic background. Meaning they didn't play any organized sports, anything. They had some athletic ability, came in, pickleball is now their sport. And so you see that every single day because of the simplicity of what pickleball is and how easy it is to learn, how easy it is to play. There's nothing better than that. I have students that are in their 90s. Students that I teach once a week, they come and do an hour lesson with me. They're 90 years old. Tell me any other sport that I have yeah. two 90-year-olds, a husband and wife, coming and taking a lesson from me. Now, they're not going to go win a national championship against Ben Johns and Annalee Waters, but they're going to come out there. They're going to stay active. They're going to, you know, change their lifestyle. Sure. And you know what? I'm sorry, but they're going to live longer, too. Yeah. So now, as we're wrapping this up, I, there's a really critical question. Okay. When are we going to see you on the court again? Oh, gosh. Uh, I got, let's see, I'm 44, so senior pro is not for another six <laughs> years. So until then, it's going to be tough, you know, and, uh, and that's what, but that's one of my favorite things is everyone's like, well, you know, you stop playing and, and it, does it bother you? As an athlete, 
Yes, it bothers me. Do I get my rec games in when I'm here? Absolutely. I'll yeah. get here early or I'll stay here late. Yeah. I'll play my rec games. I'll have some fun. But to compete at that kind of level is insane. And that's why I say, you know, Chad Edwards and I, we're in the booth and we're going, yeah, that's why we're in the booth now. Because, you know, we used to be playing pro four years ago. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm not going to make my donation to those young guys. All right, so I should mark my calendar for... Yeah. 2028. 2028. All right. Yep. Dominic Camarano will Coming have, back. He's his launch in the senior pro. I'll have my two new knees by then, and we'll be ready to go. Very cool. <laughs> I told you we were going to have fun today. This has been a gas. What a fun interview. Thank you. Thank Dominic. you, sir. I, I appreciate sure enjoyed it. it. You Absolutely. Bet.